a Linux distribution, a Ubuntu distribution, which offers a collection of around 50 open source geospatial projects. You don't have only software, but you also have data. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. My name is Daniel and this is a podcast for the geospatial community. My guest on the show today is Astrid Emner. Astrid is a board member of the Open Source Geospatial Foundation. She's a champion of open source geospatial in general. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about something called OSGO Live. But I will let Astrid tell you more about that in just a minute. Just before we get started today, I want to say a huge thank you to all the people that take the time to reach out to me. It really makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Just knowing that there's people out there that are listening, that are enjoying it, that have feedback that can help me shape the direction of this podcast, make suggestions to, to potential guests or perhaps topics that haven't yet been covered, it's, yeah, it's incredibly useful. And I guess what it boils down to is that I can't make this better for you if I don't know what better looks like. And I have the feeling that if I could make this better for you, then perhaps it would be better for us. So please feel free to connect with me. Feel free to reach out. Feel free to say hi. I would love to hear from you. Hi Astrid, welcome to the podcast. So today I really want to talk with you about OSGO Live and we'll dive into the details for the audience of exactly what that is later on. But I think before we get there, for the sake of context, could you just introduce yourself please? Let us know what, what you do for a day job and, and perhaps your, your position at, at OSGO. Hello Daniel, thanks for having me here at your podcast. It's a pleasure. I introduce myself. So I'm from Cologne and I'm working at Ware Group as a geospatial expert and Ware Group is a company in Bonn and there I help people to build up their stack with open source geospatial software and I do trainings for the FOSS Academy and at OSGEO I'm in the board of directors and I'm also the secretary for OSGEO and um, I'm in the marketing committee and do outreach like promoting um, OSGEO on Twitter or writing news items. You are a very, very busy person. H how long have you been involved with OSGEO? So I would say I'm involved since the beginning. So OSGEO was founded in 2006 and my boss at that time, Arnulf Bristol, he was one of the founder of OSGEO. So we were involved already since 2006 and I visited the FOSFG conferences already at that time. But then I got more active maybe since 2010 when I was elected as a charter member. And since 2017, I'm in the OSGU board and maybe that's the time that I'm most active now in OSGU because we have regular meetings and we bring the whole foundation forward. I think it might be really useful for the listeners to understand what OSGO is. So, so for me, OSGO is like this, this hub for open source geospatial software, but maybe you have another definition of it. Yes. So maybe just um, say what OSGO stands for. It's Open Source Geospatial Foundation, and it's a global foundation that is non-for-profit and at the beginning it was to represent software projects but now OSGO is much more. It's a volunteer-driven foundation. Uh, we, we say it's a duocracy. On one hand we represent the project so we have 21 projects already and we have also community projects, 28 community projects. Then we have local chapters all over the world. So local chapters are local uh, communities that also want to bring 
OSU forward. So, for example, you have the German language local chapter, which represents Germany and Austria and Switzerland. I'm part of this local chapter. It's called Foskis EV. And then you have all sorts of chapters all over the world, and they have their own communication channels, they organize their own conferences, and they promote OSGO software in their region. And we promote the adoption of open geospatial technology. So our mission is to empower everyone with open source geospatial. And we promote software on one side, but also standards and data and education and science. And we have the software projects, but we also have committees that work on special topics. For example, we have the United Nations Committee. We have a Geo for All Committee. They want to promote OSGEO software at universities and schools and provide educational material. We have the Marketing Committee. We have the Incubation Committee. And they help new projects to get part of OSGU. Then we have the conference committee and um, they organize our global conference, which takes part every year at a different continent all over the world and which was in Buenos Aires or it was online due to COVID this year. But yeah, it's, it's a big conference that attracts every year more than a thousand people. And we have an open geoscience committee. We have a system administration committee that takes care of our servers and mailing lists. We have a code of conduct committee and also a lexicon committee. And this should show you yeah, how big the community is behind OSGO. And I forgot one other thing to mention. So we also have memorandum of understanding. So we have partnerships with other organizations. And there, for example, I could name the OGC that we are working together. For example, we ran a virtual community sprint together with OGC this year. And we have a memorandum of understanding with the use mappers or UNIGIS and a new memorandum of understanding was signed with a hot team so this humanitarian open street map team wow so it's it's a massive community it's a huge organization and you do a, a lot of different things one of the things i really want to talk about today is is the software side of it so you talked about promoting software being advocates for open source geospatial software and i think one of the most brilliant products i guess you could call it a product that you offer is something called osgo live could you perhaps explain to the audience what osgo live is so OSGEO Live is part of OSGEO. It's an incubated OSGEO project and it's a self-contained distribution, a Linux distribution, a Ubuntu distribution, which offers a collection of around 50 open source geospatial projects. You don't have only software, but you also have data that you can work with and you have documentation you get for every project that is installed, an overview doc documentation and a quick start documentation. So it helps you very easily to get to know all these software projects because you have these tutorials. And OSGU Live is easy to set up. You could download the distribution in different versions as an ISO or a VMDK. 
And then you could run the ISO, for example, on a bootable USB drive, or you could set up a virtual machine and install OSU Live on the virtual machine. And then you could try immediately all the software projects without having the trouble of installing the, the software. This could be sometimes a challenge to, to install the software. And this is what you don't have when you use OSGO Live. Just so I understand this. So what we're talking about when we talk about OSGO Live is a Ubuntu environment that we can download. It's a package that we can install and run either through a, a virtual box installation, perhaps from a USB drive, perhaps we can run it from a, a CD. And it's an environment where all of the software and, and documentation and in fact even test data is available to us where we don't have to set up anything we can just start this virtual machine this environment and we can use all of the software yeah that's right yeah this is very good for workshops for example or for decision making so if you are looking for a software that will fulfill your needs it's easy to try all the software that is on OSGO Live. And how many different software packages are on there? I did not count them, honestly, but there are more than 50 projects and some of them are installed, but maybe not documented. So you have a lot of projects that you can try. And the nice thing with OSU Live is that you are not fixed with all these components. So if you are missing a project or maybe your favorite editor or so, then you can install everything afterwards. And um, with some commands, you could add your favorite editor or another project. So I remember using something, if it wasn't this, it was, it was very, very similar when, when I was at university. And it was an absolutely brilliant way of starting out with open source because there, there was nothing to install. I could just, back in the good old days, it was a, a CD, a DVD that was bootable. Enter that in my machine. That was the operating system. All the software was immediately available to me and I could just play around with things. It didn't really matter if I made any mistakes. I actually didn't have to get in ho a hold of the IT department or wherever I was working, get any permission. It was all self-contained. I, I think this is, this is absolutely amazing. I mentioned before that data was also available. So test data was also available. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Can I actually do work in this environment? Can I run analysis? Can I use this data? Can I create outputs and, and save them? Yes, for sure. Maybe I, I talk about the data. So we try to provide vector and raster data. So you can easily use it with the project. So we have Natural Earth Data, which is a global data set with vector and raster data. Then we have an educational data set from the USA, from North Carolina. We have NetCDF data sets with time series for temperature and precipitation. And we also have OpenStreetMap data. So we also always extract an OpenStreetMap data set for the region where the next Phosphor-G conference will take place. And with all this data, you can try things and do processing. So we have, for example, GDIL and OGR installed. So you could process data with these libraries. And I forgot to mention that we have PostgreSQL and PostGIS installed, and we already provide sample data in the database so you can immediately start working with database either with pgadmin the database client the, with a graphical user interface or with psql with a, which is a command line database 
client, or you could even visualize the data in QGIS. Yeah, I think we could probably take this a step further because I know that you have yeah QGIS installed. So exactly, you could pull it over into QGIS and start playing with it there. You could even build a stack in there, right? So you have PostGIS with the PostGIS extension. You have QGIS. You have GeoServer as well. So you could build a you know a stack based on on, on this OSGO Live environment. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you have all the components for a um, spatial data infrastructure that are available on OSGO Live. And for all the sections, for example, to, to store, to create, to edit, to provide services, to provide metadata for all these parts, you find different software projects. And to make it easier for the user, we, we have set up categories. So if you go on live.osgo.org on the website of the OSGO Live project, you can discover the categories like desktop jazz, browser-facing jazz, web services, data stores, navigation and maps, spatial tools, domain-specific jazz, data, geospatial libraries, geospatial standards. And yeah, you, you could discover all these sections and you will find projects in every section there. And to build up an SDI, you will find uh, many solutions and you can find out which one fits the best for your needs. Yeah, so, so getting back to getting this environment, I have to say that your documentation there is absolutely brilliant and I will we'll definitely provide links to that in the show notes. I want to make sure that people understand that in this environment, I can also drag in web services so I can use OGC web services, cloud-optimized GeoTIFFs. I can even install plugins for, for QGIS. Is that correct or, or am I missing something here? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You are not stuck um, with the installation, but you could add your web services that you are interested in. You could create your own web services. You could add more data in this environment and um, install more, more software if you like. So I'm thinking of this again as a place to experiment, a place to test out ideas, a place to learn, get used to using open source geospatial software. So I can see that for perhaps for university students, for people that are, are starting out, this might be a great place. Where else can this be used? Who else is downloading this and where are they using it? Yes, you mentioned the education part and the decision making is the main purpose for OSU Life, and it's it's used worldwide in different settings. For example, it's used at the European Commission, um, the Joint Research Center. There, they use it for education and teaching. And for example, there's a new project. It's called Registry. It's a project for managing of reference codes that is important for the European Commission. And for them, it's, it's a great opportunity to teach people to work with OSGO Live and to discover the world of open source geospatial projects. On the other hand, you could you find OSGO Live, for example, at a company that is called Creodias, and there you find it in the cloud. So OSGO Live can be accessed in the cloud as well. They have an open stack cloud system. And there you could rent a virtual machine and you could rent this virtual machine to process Earth observation data. And um, this Creodias project, it's uh, funded by the ESA, European Space Agency. And I think it's a very great example how 
OSU Live can be used in the cloud and helps you with the processing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm on the webpage now, uh, live.osgo.org, and I'm clicking on the, the contents tab, and it's pretty amazing. So I'm not going to try and count them all here, but desktop GIS, we've got Grass, we've got QGIS, Sega, Udig, Jump. And so I'm assuming that all of the the things we need around some of these in, environments are installed. So QGIS, for example. Does it come with a version of Python? Is Python installed in this environment as well? Yes, Python is installed as well. And as you mentioned before, you are free to install QGIS extensions. If you need more extensions, you can install them easily. Or if you want to write your own plugin or want to use Python, that's possible as well. And maybe which is what is also interesting is that we offer Jupyter Notebooks for demonstrating the use of some of the Python libraries. So for GeoPandas, Fiona or Rasterio, you find um, Jupyter Notebooks to discover these projects. How often is OSGO Live updated? We provide a new version every year. So normally we wait for the newest long-term release of Ubuntu, which comes out in spring every year. And then we build up the OSU Live, the new version on this. So we try to publish OSU Live before the Phosphor-G conference. So it is ready to be used during the conference in the workshops. And um, at the moment we are at version 14. So version 15 is going to come in 22, maybe in June, because the conference will be in August. And then hopefully we will find more projects on OSU Live updated software projects, more documentation, and also more translation. So again, you have a, a ton of software on there at the moment. How do you decide which software projects make it onto OSGO Live? You can apply to get part of OSGO Live, so it's really easy. You can send a mail to our mailing list and apply to get on OSGO Live, and then we will check whether your code is open source and available. And the work has to be done by the projects. So you as a project maintainer would write a shell script to install the software. So you find for every software project, you find a shell script in the Git repository of OSGO Live, which does the steps to install the software. This can be very short, only up get install project name, or it could be a bit more complex. And then you have to write the overview documentation and the quick start documentation and make a pull request. Then we will review the three parts and if everything is okay and you are in time, you can be part of the next version. Sometimes we have to consider the size. So if you are on the OSGO Live website at the content section, you will discover that we have symbols in front of the project names. And there we have a blue symbol and it means that some of the projects are only on the VMDK version. I mentioned before that we have this ISO version and VMDK version. The ISO version has a limitation of 4 gigabytes. So as we reached this size already, we had to decide that some of the projects are only available in the VMDK version, which you can run on a virtual machine. And when you come with a new project, we would have to consider on which of the two versions 
we would provide your new project. Do you see any any sort of correlation between the projects that make it onto OSGO Live and perhaps the, the growth in, in the user base of those individual projects, individual pieces of software? I'm wondering if this is a really effective way of, of promoting these pieces of open source geospatial software. Yeah, I would say it's a, a great way to promote your software because with OSGO Live and um, we have like um, many downloads, you can promote your software. Maybe if it's not so well known, this is a way to promote it. And maybe OSGO Live is a way to promote your project, but also to get, become a community project at OSGO or to go for incubation at OSU. There are all ways to promote your projects. And we make press releases from OSU Live and we provide translations to many languages in the OSU Live project. And all these parts you can profit from when you provide your software on OSU Live. You mentioned downloads before. Can you give us an idea of how many times this is downloaded? How many, and, and then sort of give people an understanding of how many users there are out there. Okay, so the actual version, it's version 14, and it was released this May, in May 2021. And um, already we have 9,000 downloads for this version. And if we have a look at the version before, it was version 13, and it was released in 2019. and in two years, it has 30,000 downloads for OSU Live. And you have to keep in mind that one download does not mean one installation because with one download, you could run a whole course or provide a virtual machine for your whole institute or you could flash 1,000 USB drives. So the download number does not really show how much it is in use. But I think the downloads are still quite impressive. Absolutely. And, and I appreciate you providing a little bit more context there. I really want people to understand that if they are doing amazing work with open source geospatial, that this might be an option for them. Yeah. And maybe Wish Your Life is very powerful. For, for example, if you are in countries where you can't easily download two gigabyte, um, you could provide it as USB drive. and use it in workshops and um, people don't have to install the whole software and after the workshop they could work with their normal computer as before but during the workshop with the OSGO Live installation on the USB drive they yeah could put and uh, work with all the great software without any pre-installation. I think OSGO is a fantastic opportunity for people that are creating the, this open source geospatial software. You know, it's a fantastic way of getting the message out there, showing what their software can do, promoting it essentially, getting in front of more people. But what, what about the people that are perhaps aren't software developers? Is there an opportunity for them to get involved as well? That's a good question, Daniel. And our project is quite open for new people and there are a lot of parts where you can get active in. So for example, you could help with uh, packages and help with the Ubuntu GIS packages that have to fit uh, and have to be checked for every version. So, for example, yeah, all the packages that are prepared for OSU Live, they go to Ubuntu unstable version. And then we need many people to test OSU Live and um, to test whether um, the software works and also whether all the software components work together and then after this testing process 
we need people to do the documentation and to check whether the documentation fits to the new version of the software. So documentation is a big part. And then we have a team of translators from all over the world. So we provide OSGEO Live in different languages, for example, German, Spanish, Japanese, Italian, Hungarian. And for the different translations, we also need people that speak these languages to work on the translation. And maybe we, we should mention that the packages for Ubuntu GIS, after OSU Live release is done, these unstable versions of the packages get the release, become stable versions. And um, through this effort of the OSU Live team, all the Ubuntu users profit from the work of OSU Live, not only the Ubuntu users, but also if you use a Docker image, which uses Ubuntu, you also profit from the OSU Live team's work because now you can use the stable versions from Ubuntu GS and that's great to have this, this impact. And maybe one thing I could also mention, so we provide metrics for the OSU Live project. So when you apply with your project, become part of OSU Live, we ask you to provide metrics on OpenHub. You could register with your project on OpenHub and then your code contributions uh, were checked and analyzed and um, we refer from the OSU Live website to OpenHub. So if you want to get to know the software, you can easily find out about the statistics and activity on OpenHub and find metrics there. Wonderful. Thank you very much for that. Do you recognize the people that are involved? I guess a lot of people will be motivated not just by wanting to do something, the right thing for the community, help out, do some work, but a lot of people might be motivated by the idea of, hey, I could do this and then perhaps I could get some recognition for it or I could point to that in my CV and say I was involved in this project. Is there anything there that might sort of help motivate people to, to be part of this? We make a project report every year on Phosphor-G, on the conference that I mentioned. And we always, as part of OSGU, we take part in the annual general meeting with our project. And there we thank our contributors as well. So you will be listed there. And if you work with the OSGU live team, you can get part of the project steering committee. For example, I'm part of the project steering committee since many years now. And there you get visibility as well. And it's really a nice way to get to know a lot of different aspects. For example, if you're not familiar with, with Git and want to get started there, it's really nice. If you want to make translations, we do them on Transifex. You can get to know the project there as well. And for example, we build our translations with Swings or work with Reveal.js in the presentation. So there are many, many things to learn. And I did not mention the software side because there it's, it's great. You can discover all these great projects with the testing. And we also have our meetings. So we have with the OSU Live team regular meetings on Jitsi or on IRC. 
And with the conversations that we have there, you learn a lot of things as well about new standards, new software. Yeah, you can discuss all sorts of things and it's a very welcoming community. So if you would like to, to join us, you are very welcome. Thanks very much for, for elaborating on that. I think that's really important for people to understand that this is a real opportunity, right? So it's an opportunity to give back, but it's also an opportunity to be a part of a community. It's an opportunity to learn a whole bunch of new and interesting skills and meet a lot of, lot of interesting people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you can find your place there. You don't have to be a developer, but choose whatever you are interested in to work on. Astrid, I really want to thank you for the work that you do at OSGEO, the, the work you do in general in terms of open source geospatial. It's really, really impressive. You're a real credit and an asset to the community. Thank you very much for that. If the listeners are sitting out there and thinking, OSGEO is for me, OSGEO Live is what I need, I'm really interested in it, where can they go to either reach out to you personally, perhaps, or where can they go to get a hold of the software and learn more about it? Yeah, if you want to reach out to us, go to our website, live.osgeo.org, and there you find a section Contact Us with a link to our mailing list. This is the easiest way to contact our team. You also could reach out to OSGEO Live on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, OSGEO Live, where we um, promote OSGEO Live, and you could contact us there as well. Thanks again for your time, Astrid. Thank you so much for your, for your effort that you put into the, the open source community. It's much appreciated. And I, I really hope people take the opportunity to either get involved with OSGO Live or, or download the software and, and play around for themselves. I think it's, it's a pretty amazing environment that you've put together and it's so easy to get started. So really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Daniel. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Astrid Emner from OSGEO, the Open Source Geospatial Foundation. I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can find out more about OSGEO Live and check it out for yourself. I mentioned right at the start of this episode that I am really interested in hearing from you. And specifically, I'm interested in some feedback. I'm interested in knowing how I can make this better for you. I'm interested in knowing what kind of guests you would like to have on the podcast going forwards and perhaps what kind of topics you'd be most interested in hearing more about. If you could help me out with, with that kind of feedback and, and make some suggestions, I would really appreciate it. As always, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. You can find me at Mapscaping on Twitter. There'll be a link to where you can connect with me on LinkedIn in the show notes. Or you can write to me, just info at mapscaping.com. I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, that's it from me. That's it for this episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. I'll be back again next week. I hope that you'll take the time to listen in then. We'll talk then. Bye.